um i just wanted to add a little note um to the beginning of this podcast to say that um at the beginning of this episode i was applying sun cream and some sound effects of sun cream that the uh my phone recording has picked up are a little bit gross so and you can really hear i didn't expect you can really hear me rubbing it in so i'm i'm sorry for those sound effects they're not particularly great i'm not gonna re-record the whole episode now just because of that because it's really only in the first couple of minutes but yes sorry about that guys <laughs> um, i know that now and I'm go- i'll take a bit more care next time i think <laughs> Anyway, enjoy the episode. Hi guys. So, welcome back to Matty's Little Haven. Today, I'm talking to you from a town called Kabuya, which is near Montezuma, so in Costa Rica. Um, I'm in my last week with The Leap, which is the sort of tour group I'm with. And... We are at the moment in a sort of wildlife rescue centre kind of thing. Um, so yeah, that's sort of what I'm up to at the moment. What I'm up to right now is I'm applying sun cream because I'm going to go into the sun in a bit. But I thought I'd just record a little bit. Um, my family, weirdly, is really liking this podcast, <laughs> so they're the ones pushing me to keep posting new episodes, and I don't know, I don't really know who else is listening to it, I can see that there's about 20 people listening to each episode, so hi 20 people, um, I hope you're not all just my extended family, because that would be a little bit embarrassing, but yeah um so we had a little beach day yesterday which was lovely but today we're meant to be volunteering and I just really don't feel up to it today I'm not having a good mental health day um so I'm just staying in um nothing's too serious I just don't feel brilliant but that's fine it happens every now and again just have to you know take time to try and heal and do the best I can and I think today I'm just not pushing myself basically um which I think is absolutely fine to do every once in a while today is a rest day for me um and also being surrounded normally by 20 girls is lovely and I love it don't get me wrong um but I do need my just a few hours every month to just have a little bit of time to myself I think um but yeah today I really have no plan for this podcast episode no guest today just me but I thought I just have a little chit chat because I haven't done an episode in a while and I feel like I've learnt quite a lot of things while being here so I wanted to just kind of talk about that really um so most recently what I've learnt about is obviously being in this wildlife rescue centre place 
I've learned a lot about the Costa Rican wildlife, which is pretty sick, and something I literally never would have been able to learn about if I was still in England, or just actually anywhere in Costa Rica except for here. Um, so I've seen there's some howler monkeys around. Unfortunately, it's a really big issue in Costa Rica of the telephone wires here aren't, um, not the telephone, but like electricity pylons basically aren't um, insulated. So mon- there's lots of monkeys here and the monkeys go have to go across roads and stuff and obviously they're on sort of tree level so the pylons are also on tree level so and they normally cross roads so they go across on the pylons and they are safe normally if they just touch one pylon and it's not insulated one um cable but if they touch two and they're different levels of voltage which is very common um they complete the circuit, so they get electrocuted. Um, and there's a certain type of monkeys called howler monkeys, which I'll try and find at the end of this podcast. I'll try and I'll sit around outside and wait for a howler monkey to make a noise, and I'll record it for you because it's very interesting. But they have they use their tails to latch onto things. When they walk, they always got their tails is like another hand basically clinging onto things and they so when they're walking across the pylons one is hanging onto the like the cable above and their hands are you know climbing on the pylon that they're walking on the cable they're walking on and they complete the circuit and they get electrocuted and the other night I saw a howler monkey which had been electrocuted being brought in by just some local people and it was really sad and I had to get put down and it was literally cooked like the electricity had cooked this monkey it was really sad um but I was just amazed by the sort of long hours and the like passion that everyone has for the project here so there's this one guy called Jeremy who runs it um this wildlife rescue center which is called Wild Sun if anyone's interested Wild Sun Rescue Center I believe um and then I think pretty much everyone else is a volunteer which is insane so they're just working here because they want to and there's obviously people who do surgeries and like the people who put down the monkey the other night are um volunteers but like they're they're like qualified vets obviously because otherwise they wouldn't be able to put the monkey down um but there's so many people here who live here like sort of full time and they're all volunteers and I just think it's insane like, it's lovely to be around a group of people who are so passionate about what they're doing. And especially when these people are doing, like, a good thing. Like, they are so, like there was no doubting that these people are doing good things with their life and their time and their volunteering and they're saving so many of these monkeys. 
and also lots of parrots. I don't know what the issues are with the parrots so much, um, because the work we're doing here is mainly sort of monkey-based. Um, but there's lots of parrots here too, and I... If I thought about it really hard, I'd know the type of parrot so it was, but I don't. I don't. But they're like the rainbow-coloured ones. And they're really sick, too. Um, and they've been released, and they sort of just hang out around the um, rescue centre, which is where we're living at the moment. So you can see them everywhere. And it's really cool. It's like being in some sort of, like, Disney movie with these amazing, colourful birds going everywhere. Um, but anyway, sorry, back to the point. I am finding it really brilliant to be surrounded by so many passionate people who are doing good things and I've talked to a lot of the volunteers about like how much of their work is volunteer work and how long people normally stay for and I like it's just so interesting for me um and I love hearing about people's, like, like their passion projects, you know, like, what they've just found their little niche passion and they're just sort of giving up their whole life to pursue this passion, which is very much the story of the guy who owns the rescue centre. He literally just lived nearby and this lady had, like, a sort of petting zoo um, for all the injured monkeys and things, and he saw that and knew, obviously, that it wasn't the right thing to do, and so when her, um, petting zoo thing basically got shut down, um, which, as it should, because that's awful, um, he opened his own, and it's been open, like, five years, and it's amazing, they've got, like, 20 monkeys here, I think, and I don't know birds wise but there's a lot of birds that have been released around here and they look very happy and healthy and I think they look after some deer and some owls I think I think there's an owl in the sanctuary at the moment um we don't really get a, like a close-up look of all of them because it's not this isn't a touristy place it's a it's like people come here to work and we're here to work obviously um so you're not allowed to get close up with the monkeys and you're not allowed to talk to them and you're not allowed to give them names and all that um which is so lovely i think because it seems so like the ethics of this place are really in order and i'm really happy to be working especially volunteering because we're not making money from this obviously We've paid money to be here, but all the money that we paid has gone towards building this new enclosure, which is what everyone's off doing today. Um, but it's really lovely to be putting my time and effort into something that I know the morals of it are completely... Like, everyone here, their heart is completely in the right place. And they like ethically and morally are really working to tight like they've got really specific ethic um ethical yeah ethical like boundaries that they're not crossing um for the sake of animals and it just seems really selfless and 
lovely to be a part of, really. Um, the other places we've been, we've been to a lovely um, farmhouse. But the farmhouse, the thing with that, so, like, lovely place to stay. And it's really nice, actually, because we were in the middle of nowhere. And we sort of didn't really do much. Like, we were volunteering with these children, which was nice. But um, for me, it felt a bit iffy um, because although we were giving back, like, although we were volunteering, and obviously any volunteer work is good work, it didn't feel as meaningful as the work for me has felt here um, because we were only there for, like, two days and the majority of the, like, work that we did was painting a mural, which we were in a very, like, impoverished area and for me, I would have rather helped the locals in some sort of long-term sustainable way than painting a wall but fine it was only two days of work and the rest of the time we were there was lovely and but what I wanted to talk about was the fact that everywhere around the whole area was like so when we drove here from like to this rescue centre from where we were before it was hours and hours of driving and all you could see was palm plantations like palm oil plantations and that was really like devastatingly depressing to see because obviously as someone who lives in England and is relatively concerned about um global warming and helping the environment and things like that you just sort of know that palm oil is a very dodgy business to be in um, and a lot of it is not produced sustainably and the way that they farm it is and seeing it up close is equally as devastating as hearing about it at home um, they take like jungle land and they chop it all down and they grow these trees and the wildlife that used to live there, the wildlife that needs to live in these sort of jungle conditions, basically gets completely displaced. And I just found that really, really depressing, driving through, like, hours of just solid palm plantations. I spoke to a couple of the, like, um, guides while we were there about the palm plantations and actually where we were staying, the land that we were staying on, the guy who owns it also owned a palm plantation and I was talking about how, like how sad it is and she the one of the guys I was talking to she said that um oh it's not the cleaners I thought it's the cleaners for a second um she was saying that it's like an impoverished area and the people need the money from it which obviously I my main issue with the palm oil is the ecological sort of displacement of the animals but I obviously still understand that if you're really poor and that's the only way that you can make money easily like I have no issue with that as long as you're but I think 
it really struck me that a lot of these palm plantations were huge and I strongly doubt, and I could be completely proved wrong here because I have no factual evidence to prove this, but it didn't particularly seem like there were lots of individual palm plantations. It seemed like a lot of them were just huge palm plantations. So someone must be making a lot of money off of these plantations and a lot of money from displacing these animals. And like that was actually heartbreaking to see as someone who hears a lot about palm oil and tries to avoid it a lot at home, seeing it in person, I was like, oh my God, this is literally devastating for the environment and really depressing to see. So when I get home, I will definitely be like, normally I feel like I'm quite vigilant with not consuming products of palm oil in, but I think I'm going to be extra vigilant now. Um that I don't want to be involved in that at all, even if it's, like, sustainably produced, because it's sustainably produced. I don't think there's a lot of rules on what counts as sustainably produced and not sustainably produced, so I'm just going to avoid it completely. Um, and another thing I'm going to avoid completely, I, I'm, I'm going to try to, for as long as I'm here and going home, is buying single-use plastic because recently in Costa Rica and also I was really lucky to go to Thailand with my family over Christmas time and the amount single-use plastic like plastic bottles um masks covid tests all this there are so much plastic on these beaches everywhere like you physically can't go to the beach and not just see plastic everywhere anywhere that you look that there's a different color in the sand it's plastic and it is horrible to witness and every time I go I try and you know pick up as much litter as I can but I think what's probably much better for the environment is just not consuming single-use plastics as much as I can at all so Something I'm particularly striving to do will be um, buying, you know, but if I'm buying a fizzy drink, I'll buy it in a can and not a plastic bottle. If I'm drinking a drink and the only option is to have a plastic straw, which it seems to be here more often than it is in England. Like in England, it's pretty much all paper straws, but out here it's a lot of plastic straws still. I will just not take the plastic straw. Um, obviously, I understand that a lot of single-use plastic consumption is not down to the consumer, um, and it's mainly the fault of the big companies and the fact that it's the cheapest way to manufacture things, so it's more profitable for them. But I think having come out here and seen it for myself, morally for myself I'm going to be trying to avoid things like that because I just it's so devastating for the environment and I haven't seen that up close ever before I haven't really even had the privilege to see that up close because being out here is such a huge privilege and I fully understand that um but seeing it all firsthand is pretty heartbreaking 
um, as someone who, in England especially, um, I feel like we're relatively good at sort of consuming less um, products which aren't sustainable. I mean, obviously, we're all definitely not good enough at doing that. But in England, I think there's much more of an emphasis on that than there is out here because the whole thing with the pure vida, like, chill life is that actually a lot of people out here have a lot less money than people in England. So they don't have the money to be spending on, like, sustainable products because sustainable products are almost always a lot more expensive than normal products. So as someone who has the privilege of living in England, I want to be... When I go home, I think I'm really going to take full advantage of that and try and just stop consuming single-use plastic full stop because the result that is just so devastating out here and out here people don't have the time to be doing beach cleanups and things like that. Um, so, because they're working so hard because ever it's like people just don't have free time basically to be doing that so and it's places like this small communities by the beach that are hit the worst by it so people living in cities and in places where sustainable products are more available I think it's I feel like I will be taking more advantage of that when I get home at least yeah um and also reef safe sun cream has been another thing that's been really highlighted to me being out here um while i was in thailand i was lucky enough to do some amazing snorkeling and i saw the most incredible fish but while i've been out here we've been snorkeling a few times and there is literally no wildlife in the sea none of it um i mean not none, but snorkeling, there's nothing. Um, I've seen whales and dolphins, which is literally insane and like one of the best experiences I think I've ever had. Um, seeing whales in the wild was mental, <laughs> literally insane. They are so huge, and just their size was shocking. Um, But, yeah, the small fish, like, small pretty fish that I saw a lot of in Thailand, they just have none of them here. And we went snorkeling around this sort of reef, and all of the coral was dead. Now, I haven't seen a lot of coral that all of it has been dead until I came here, and seeing that is really awful. Um, And it was just so happened that this was near a really popular tourist beach so you really get the impression that obviously people are wearing sun cream on the beach the tourists are wearing sun cream on the beach and the sun cream is then going into the sea and killing the reefs which is really sad and something I sort of haven't really noticed until now I've been putting on sun cream literally every day because it's so boiling hot here and so sunny so you sort of need to be putting it on every day but thinking that actually 
even the sun cream I wear instead of getting in the pool and I'm not directly swimming in the sea with my sun cream on and washing it off in the shower and that water will eventually end up back in the sea. Reef safe sun cream is so important basically and that will be something as soon as I run out of the sun cream I have brought out with me. I'm going to be buying only reef safe sun cream because I just don't want to be paying my money as a consumer towards products that are directly stopping like directly killing living things it doesn't seem right to me um and also while I've been out here my my like sort of main group of buddies out here is um Dom Liv and Nina and Liv and Nina are both vegetarians Nina's a like a vegan but she still eats eggs um figure that one out for yourself (laughs) but I think I've always said as soon as I get to university I'll be vegetarian um but hearing their opinions on vegetarianism eating meat and all that sort of thing I um feeling even more determined to do that when when I can be vegetarian when I can um obviously while I'm out here I was sort of registered as like a meat eater with this program so the meals that I'm getting included are all you know like have meat in them the majority of them um which obviously I'm not going to put everyone through the faff of now changing my diet to being vegetarian. But when I finish this program, which is soon, and I go travelling on my own, I think I'm going to try to be vegetarian as much as possible. Because then it's really my choice when I'm eating. And I think I'm excited to be vegetarian because the food that these girls are eating seems uh, often a lot more nutritious. And nicer so I feel even more tempted with that lifestyle and I think with my increasing concern about the world and the environment that seems like a natural next step to take so I'm making a pledge for myself to try and stop eating as much meat as possible because it's just not sustainable and I, I, I know that before like I haven't just magically learned this now in the last month but speaking to people about it and like when you're living with them 24-7 it's really made me think more about it so yeah I mean I understand a lot of this has been <laughs> a lot of this episode has been very environmental very environment based thinking but I do think in the last few weeks that's hit it's hit me more um my concern for the environment has increased a lot in the last few weeks because of what I've seen out here um and honestly I'm really glad to have learned that lesson I'm really feel privileged to have the opportunity to be out here and to be saying these things for myself to be able to make this decision because a lot of people in England don't have the opportunities to go somewhere like this and see this themselves and make their minds up on either being vegetarian or consuming less single-use plastic and things like that. 
Um, so I'm fully aware of my position of privilege to be here and to witness it all for myself and to make my mind up here. And I have a newfound um, pride almost in the group of people who haven't been able to witness um, climate change and the destruction of our environment firsthand and are still taking steps to help. I think that's really amazing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so on a more, more light hearted note, I thought I'd talk about. Um, plans for the next few weeks and my plans really traveling because i'm so excited so i won't give you too much detail because i don't want randos stalking me which i doubt they would because i'm not that interesting <laughs> but i won't give too much detail but we're sort of staying locally um for about a week staying by the beach maybe gonna try some more surfing i tried some surfing um, a couple of weeks ago, and I really enjoyed it. I was able to stand up on the board, which I was something I never thought I'd be able to do. So that was a pretty cool thing to be able to do. I mean, obviously, it was really bad. <laughs> I stood up on the board for about three seconds. I looked like I was squatting and doing a poo. It wasn't particularly cool, but it felt very cool to be able to do it. So maybe I'll do some more surfing lessons. Um, I think we're going to be doing a lot more cooking when we're travelling by ourselves because, my God, it's expensive to eat out here. Like, it really is. Um, It's about the same price as going out to eat in England, I'd say. Um, And doing that three times a day is going to be really pricey, so... I'm excited to be able to cook again because I think cooking is um, actually something I enjoy. Like it's a nice experience to have. Um, preparing your own food, I think it's quite for me. It's quite um, like a thoughtful sort of meditative time almost because you're really putting effort into nourishing your own body. And I think that's a really nice thing for me to do, especially when I'm not feeling great, to know exactly what's going into my meals and my body. Like, that's a nice thing to have control over. Um, We are then going to San Jose for a bit, which is, like, the capital city of Costa Rica. Um, Sort of just as a layover travel-wise, but... I'm excited to see that because sort of basically everyone has told us at the same point going there, but we want to explore it. So we're really only doing like a full day there. Um, but we might go and try and see some markets and see what the capital has in store because I feel like if there's going to be one place that we're going to actually experience the proper culture of Costa Rica rather than just the backpacker culture, it's going to be there. Um, don't get me wrong, I love the backpacking culture, but it doesn't feel like that is the culture of the country. And I think since I've been here so long, like I've been here like a month, nearly a month now, and by the time I leave I'll be here nearly two months. So 
I'd love to learn more about the culture. Like, I think I've learned a lot about the food here. It's a lot of rice and beans, but honestly, Pinto is really fucking good. Like, it's really good. Anyone who can claim span it, mm, it's fucking good, basically. Um, especially when you get, like, the proper cooks, like the home-cooked Pinto with all the spices and the onion and the pepper oh it's amazing it's so good um and but obviously it's not all rice and beans here like we had some we had a lovely like jamaican dish last night which obviously isn't local but that was nice i've had some nachos a few times which i have literally loved i've forgotten how much i love nachos um, I've had, I've had a lot of soups here actually, like local soups, which I really love, like lots of chickpeas and courgettes and, um, yucca, which is like the local, like potato type vegetable, which they put in soups and things, which is lovely. Um, while we were staying in that sort of farmhouse place was there was a lot of soups there and that was so good like it feels so comforting to have soups and I think when we're traveling on our own actually we'll eat a lot of like porridge and comforting food because one it's insanely cheap and two we're all big fans of porridge except for Dom Dom's quite a picky eater but we all like porridge and porridge is such a nice way to start a day so good food that um, but yeah, other than the food, I haven't really been able to experience a proper culture of the place, which, yeah, I'm excited to. I hope that in San Jose we get to experience that a bit more. And then we go to another sort of more backpacky place on the Caribbean, um, coast of Costa Rica. And we stayed there for a while, actually. That's basically the rest of the time I'm out here. And I think that'll be very much on the beach in the day get ready get all dolled up and go out partying which i'm so excited for i just love that like it's such a simple life but it's so much fun and we haven't really done that for a while since we were in samara which is very much the vibe of samara is literally lie on the beach all day and go slightly mental in the evening I've never been in a more wild party scene than in Samara. <laughs> My god, it was good fun. Um, then after I go travelling with the girls, I go on a flight on my own, which is a little bit scary, but like, it's only like an hour long plane, I think, and I've done that before, so... Now it's fine, I go to um, Colombia for a bit, and then I go to Peru for a bit, and I'm travelling on with like, old friends, so that'll be lovely, and hopefully in Peru I'll do some, I'll go out Machu Picchu, which I, since like a couple of weeks before I left, I was like, I have to go to Machu Picchu, so I'm really looking forward to that, I think that'll be so sick. Because I remember going to Mexico when I was like 12, me and my family went to Mexico and we saw some like Mayan ruins and that's the first place that I went that I was like, oh my gosh, I, I really feel that I'm walking in the footsteps of like, 
I don't know how to express it, it's a really difficult thing to express, but I've been to a lot of places, I think especially when you're young, you go to like historical places, for me anyway, I, I sort of never really thought much about the fact that real people were there, and not that long ago, like main, like historical places you go to on school trips and things like that, it's not that long ago, but people with such different lives have been like walking exactly where you're standing and I really felt that walking around the mine ruins so and I was just so in awe of how beautiful it was so I cannot wait to go to Machu Picchu and see that again and I really feel like I'm going to get the same feeling um and in Machu Picchu you really get to like walk around the ruins which would be so cool um so I'm really really excited for that and then I go home and I tell you what's gonna be weird going home it's gonna be really fucking weird going home I'm so used to living with friends again and staying in nice hot weather oh I don't want to go back to the English weather but um, I'm, I'm going to go back and work for a few months and then go into railing by myself in the summer, which I'm really looking forward to, actually. Um, I am looking forward to seeing my home friends. I miss them a lot. If anyone here is one of my good homemates, I miss you a lot. And I can't wait to see you guys again. It feels weird having not seen my friends in such a long time. And, and doing such a big experience with other people who've been so important to me, especially for the last few months. The friends I've made in the last few months have been really good mates, and it feels weird not to be experiencing this with them. But I'm excited to see them when I go back, so that'll be fun. And then I go to uni, which is very weird. Like, it sort of still hasn't hit me that I'm going to uni. Um, but I, I definitely think I'll enjoy it like I, I 100% will enjoy it I'm really looking forward to decorating a new room and meeting more new people like I've loved meeting everyone here it's been so fun and I think I've really over the last few years I've been able to sort of pinpoint who like make friends with I don't know how to put this, but I I think I'm getting better at making new friends and I can sort of find and choose friends easier now than I used to be able to. I used to really struggle with that, but I think as I'm growing up and sort of growing into myself more and, you know, learning more about myself, I can, I'm finding it better to out friends for myself which is nice so I have good faith in being able to pick out the right sort of group at university um, and I'm, yeah I just feel like I'm really in a social time of my life at the moment and I'm really loving that I think I'm realising I'm a bit more of a social person than I thought however my god did I need a break today like I love my friends I've made here but Sometimes you just need a bit of silence. Like living in a room with four people, I'm like just so happy to have silence for once. Or 
just for me to be making the only noise that there is around is just really lovely. Um, but yeah, I think this might be the end of the podcast, honestly. I've been talking for quite a long time now. I know it's a bit, it's a bit shorter than what I'd really want my podcast to be. Ideally, I was sort of thinking the episodes would be about an hour long, but it does feel like an actual point to stop it. I don't think I have really much more to say, so I'll sign off here, and I hope everyone's having a lovely day, and I hope the rest of your day is brilliant. And I hope the sun comes out a little bit for wherever you are. Um... And I think I'm going to go lie in the sun now. I think I'm going to go sunbathe a bit and soak up some vitamin D. So I'll talk to you guys later. See you in the next episode. Bye.